Hi, and welcome to Learner with Graveholic. Today I'm talking to podcast host Daniel Ritz. Here are some of the things that we're going to talk about today. The problem with being an early adopter is that you feel like, oh, it's too late. Like, I felt that it was too late in 2017. I was stressed wow. out by the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm too late into to this game. No, but I think that that was, I think that the one with, with Cavendish from, from the tour, that was probably the, the, the most awkward one. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I kind of knew that he didn't want to do it, but I did it anyway because I thought, like, the opportunity was there. How does it feel to be the biggest cycling podcast <laughs> in Sweden? <laughs> no, I don't. It, I do mean, you reflect on that? No. Finding dream bikes from when I started to race and ride. And, you know, getting those secondhand, if you're really lucky, you can pick them up pretty cheap and kind of restore them and use them every once in a great while. Daniel and Niklas at Cykelwebbenpodden are two of the guys that I've been listening to the longest when it comes to podcasts. They've been a true inspiration for me and I'm super happy to have Daniel on board to be interviewed for me. So without further ado, here is Daniel. Well, hello. Good morning, Daniel. How are you today? Morning. Uh, I'm good. Started the day with a uh, a long, a long, an hour walk in uh, in beautiful Stockholm. Uh, the weather is chilly, but yeah, we're oh, the morning was better than than now. But yeah, so far so good. Do you still have any snow up there? No, everything melted away the last week. We do have some some like rock hard ice in some places. I Ooh. I discovered on my walk, but um, no, the, it's. Uh, kind of dry by now so yeah looking forward to a few rides this weekend maybe not on snow but on on tarmac lovely lovely so let's start from the beginning i'm so super curious i mean i've i've been listening and i'm a big fan of of the podcast that you guys have uh since since i started cycling like three four years ago now um but how how did you come about starting cycling and and, and why oh uh whew. So going way back, I mean, I've, I've always cycled, always biked, uh, growing up on the sort of on the, the countryside, it was a means of getting to, to friends and then using the, the bike as a toy, basically with your friends. Uh, and then I, yeah, I moved to, to Stockholm where I still live, uh, to, to work and study in my, uh, like late teens, early twenties, I guess. Um. And by then the bike had sort of disappeared from my, from my life, but I still had some kind of connection to, to biking, I guess. Um, and I don't really know why, but I had, this is a weird story. I had sh shoulder surgery, um, in now it's more than 20 years ago, but during my, my rehab of the soldier uh, shoulder surgery, I started like reading bike magazine and then looking at bikes and I actually bought a bike while I was still like incapacitated from the surgery and like vowed to use the, the bike as, uh, as rehab when I was able to. So then I started riding like mountain bikes again after that. Um, and then it just sort of spiraled from, from there. Uh, so started with some like mountain bike free riding stuff. Uh, and instead of turning towards like more extreme free riding or downhilling as, as many of the guys that I was riding with went for, I went more the sort of cross country marathon route and from there on to road cycling. And that's, uh, that's basically it. And yeah, been doing that ever since started racing on the road, I think in 
2002, I think. And yeah, here we are. 20, That's crazy. Five years That's later. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, I can also, I mean, cycling, it is like a virus. It is something like people almost call it like a drug, right? It's just so liberating. So such gives such a freedom from movement to, but also the exercise perspective of things and, and the community, I guess, as well. You've also experienced coming to a new city, a big city of Stockholm and just getting to know people. Yeah, yeah for sure. But I, I have a question. I mean, you touch upon it sometimes in the podcast as well, but I'm curious. Can we get a rundown of how many bikes you actually oh. own? Uh, <laughs> it's in the 30s wow yeah um <laughs> so is that like a hobby of its own kind of almost but that's the thing and I, you, you touched on it because like cycling is it's the riding it's the training that's one aspect of it and then it's the racing that's one aspect of it it's the the tech like the bikes that's another one following the the pro scene that's another one community mm. that's so yes it's definitely part of it and for for me it's like a, it's kind of like a cycle in in the meaning that you know sometimes you're not super excited about the the training okay but then you can focus on the the social aspect or the cultural aspect of cycling and then you get tired of that and then you can focus on your on your bikes or whatever um yeah so that's that's kind of it but the thing is that the bikes that i that i have well, some of them, and, and definitely the, the ones that I'm riding and racing now are really, really nice bikes. Um, but some of them, and right now, my, my, what I've been doing is basically finding dream bikes from when I started to race and ride and, you know, getting those secondhand. If you're really lucky, you can pick them up pretty cheap and kind of restore them and use them every once in a great while. Um, and the rest of the time you can just enjoy owning them, I guess, which is not a really good way of motivating having them. But yeah, <laughs> I have lots of bikes. <laughs> That's super cool. Yeah, I've, I, it's, it's always so funny when you start talking about that on the podcast. And that, that kind of takes away into to, to the next question. I, I, and one of the big reasons why I wanted to have you on on the podcast, and potentially also Niklas, but I know that just like him, my his life is complicated with work and kids and everything. So I figured it was just easier to to get hold of you to some extent. <laughs> but, but but nonetheless, um, how you? And I want to talk about the partnership that you have with Niklas as well, right? Because you seem to be super good friends, and maybe that's the question itself, actually. Was that how it started? Where did the idea come from? I know that, how did it all come to be? Yeah, um, so yeah, besides just writing a lot, I've, I've also worked as a cycling journalist for, for quite a long time. Um, I used to have a, like way, way back, I used to have a blog for, for a bicycling magazine, the Swedish edition of that. Um, and I was also the sort of road editor at large for for the magazine um for i think almost 10 years um and then i stopped doing that around 2016 i think something like that um but then it sort of grew that i was missing doing that as well so we started the the website cykelwebben um publishing you know whatever we felt like basically without any real direction on it um 
but I think and the, you say we already that was yeah, already so, you and Niklas then. yeah it was well I started it and then I brought in Niklas and a few other friends who who also did okay. some, some writing in the uh, on the website mm -hmm. uh, but I think that the problem was that without a deadline and without any any kind of pressure we struggled to get content out there uh, okay I think maybe you can relate uh, yeah well you 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 push out a lot of content which is super oh. impressive uh, <laughs> but we we were sort of struggling in in getting it really off the ground and getting it running we had a few things that really you know gained traction uh back in those days but um uh, what i realized was that you know niklas and me we had a similar view on maybe the the pro scene and and racing and stuff like that and we kept talking about it and i kept sort of nagging him to try and do a podcast because i was listening to like a lot of podcasts back then uh, yeah and finally, I just went and bought a recorder, um, sort of, you know, told Niklas that I'll be at your place, you know, this evening, <laughs> let's just try it. Um, because yeah, we needed to get something done. And that was in 2017. And since then we've put out the new episode every second week, um, plus bonus episodes to our patrons who we love um also every second week so now we do a we do a podcast basically every week yeah so that basically i mean i i just looked now before i think it was 164th you just released this week was it yeah 163 or 164 okay. yeah uh, oh, yeah one, one of the other and then bonuses on top of that so that's a lot yeah. since 2017 yeah that's a lot i mean i'm i'm super impressed by you guys it's it's really really awesome um one thing, I mean, 2017 still, that was, I also started listening to podcasts quite early, but that was still, it's still sort of very early to start a podcast in yeah. uh, 2017. And I just listened to the news, I listened to another podcast that's called Break It, maybe you know it, a Swedish one about the startup scenes. Yeah, and yeah. they were also talking about how, how podcast really, there was one company, whatever, long story short, the the essence is that they consider podcasting still sort of in an early stage of, of evolution that hasn't really settled. Um, so, but it's for me that has listened to podcasts and you guys that has been established for such a long time, it, it is quite remarkable that that is still the case. For sure. For uh, sure. And I think for, for me, like starting it back then, I was already, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm an early adopter to, to basically tech and media uh, in, in general. I think I've always been. And the problem with being an early adopter is that you feel like, oh, it's too late. Like I felt that it was too late in 2017. I was stressed wow. out by the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm too late into to this game. Uh, and looking at it now, I'm like, oh my God, we, we had, there was such an opportunity to do something more, you know, whatever. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But how, um, um, how how does it feel to be the biggest cycling podcast in Sweden? <laughs> no, I don't. I Do mean, you reflect on that? No. You have a, like a, I just checked Apple now. You have a rating on four point or four point six or four point eight, which is really really good, and like three four hundred comments that really positive comments about it. Yeah. No, it's, it's, just... it's kind of it's it's kind of surreal. Um, like. We made T-shirts like a while back and and sold yeah. to to listeners, and like the first time I saw one in the in the wild, like seeing someone wear it, it was like really surreal. Um, 
And it's really like we met in, in Halmstad at Gravel Grit and Grind uh, two years ago, right? And you came up. Yep. And, and, you had a fanboy moment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> those interactions are, are amazing. Um, and I, I get like, I get surprised every time. And I think it's, it's fa fantastic having that connection to, to our listeners. Um, in the 10 years that I wrote my, my, the stuff for the, the column or the blog uh, for, for the magazine, like seriously, I have, I have as many interactions in a week with our listeners as I did over those 10 years, which is the, the fantastic thing about the new media landscape that we're living in. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I, I like, I don't reflect on, on, on being the, the biggest Swedish cycling podcast. And I don't really, I don't think about it that much. Uh, no, uh, but it's, 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 it's nice. Did you ever consider to do it in English? Because I mean, the quality that you guys produce of the content, your knowledge and everything, and I want to get into some of those bits and pieces a bit, a little bit later, but did you, did you ever consider doing it in English so that you would get a broader audience potentially? Uh, first of all, thank you so much. Uh, second, our USP, like our unique selling point is the, I think the Swedish language, mm. which then also is our limiting factor. Mm, yeah. um, so, but I think we'll stick to the Swedish market. There are so many, there are so many really good English podcasts out there. I think you do have a point in, in, I think there would be, there is enough space for, for another one. And I think there is space for something that, that we do, but I think we, um, we sort of decided that the, um, we want to reach the Swedish audience. There isn't really that much, like there is no Swedish cycling media at the moment, really apart apart from us so yeah. someone needs to to cover that there are, there are a few other outlets that's trying right but but you are by far the best my my point of view sorry <laughs> Thank you. sorry but not sorry so i mean the, the magazine that we that i used to write for that doesn't exist anymore um there is there are a few like yeah i mean of course there are some like like yourself some some instagram uh personalities and, and influencers there there is uh, uh like a new startup that's trying the YouTube format, but that's irregular. Um, so I think, I mean, th there needs to be someone covering the Swedish scene as well. And I think doing that in, in English sort of defeats the purpose. Uh, yeah. and, and I think the, the Swedish cycling crowd, uh, deserves something in their native language. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that's, that's true. So I, I, I fully, totally respect that choice. Uh, and it, it gives you guys also, of course, the dynamic in being able to speak your native language and everything as well. It's just different as well. Yeah. And and speaking about the dynamic, you and Niklas, I need to dig a little bit deeper into this. You, yeah. you guys seem to have such an amazing relationship and you sort of, you're, you're similar, but still different. So you complement each other in a way. Well, how, how, how do you feel about the relationship with Niklas? Niklas is a, I mean, Niklas is a fantastic guy. Uh, I think, I mean, I think it comes through, we, we, or this, I like him a lot. I think he likes me as well. Um, but like you say, we complement each other. Um, of course there are, but I think, I think that's it. We respect each other. We know who's good at what, uh, and over these now almost, yeah, five, six years of doing the podcast, we've really found a balance where we, we complement each other in the sort of the tempo that the podcast is, is, is going. And I think one of the, the big attractions of the podcast itself is that, and I hope this is how it's being perceived from the, 
from the outside as well. It's like, I think it's, our ambition is basically that you as a listener feel like you're part of our conversation. Like it's, it's, we try and be inclusive. We try to be, um, uh, yeah, open, open to that. And we try to keep it on a, a pretty, uh, like decent level in terms of knowledge and in terms of facts and stuff, but also very lighthearted, uh, all the time. I think something that both me and Niklas have is that we do know of each other's and our own weaknesses mm -hmm. and we sort of own up to them. Um, which means that it's okay for the other one to criticize the other one. Uh, I think it's on, on that note, I think it's so funny how you're doing sort of the tech segment and Niklas is kind of sort of being <laughs> completely <laughs> you a little bit of a hard time about it. And I, that's just such a funny dynamic in between. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but I mean, I'm, I don't think we, I don't think we realized or knew in the beginning that that's how it would turn out but i think it's yeah. like uh just a lucky circumstance but do you guys i mean obviously you talk after after your recording but do you guys try to analyze and think about what what how it was and how you could do it better and stuff do you do those kind of reflections we do uh yeah, yeah we definitely do and i think i've done it a little bit more than the niklas because i also edit the the podcast so i hear everything uh oh, okay yeah of course yeah and i listen to it more uh, maybe more intentionally than, than he does. So, so the production flow is basically, you know, we meet up, um, we finalize the, the script together over like an hour, a couple of hours, depending on mm -hmm. how focused we are and how, uh, unfocused we are. Um, then we press record and nowadays we, we really try and record as it is live yeah. so with as, as little interruptions as possible. Um, then I edit the, uh, the episode, send it to Niklas to listen through, to make sure there's nothing, uh, like wrong that I missed or whatever. And then we publish it. So mm -hmm. he like, he basically only listens to a, a really almost finished, uh, product. Got you. Got you. Uh, but I've listened to, you know, our whole learning process, but I can see that yeah. over the, the years we've become so much more like efficient and professional in, in doing what we're doing. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. So in, in addition to you and Niklas, you also, sometimes you bring on guests. Um, the most frequent guest lately has been, uh, Mangye, who, yes. who, who is amazing. He's actually been on this show too. I so, know. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, but you also tap into, to the pro scene, right? Then you have, especially we will talk, I was going to ask you about this experience as well, but you have some of the, the women pros that's been on, on the show. I find that so sort of liberating as well that you guys you're so tapped into that scene of, of, of the Swedish pros and you 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 um, give them space as well and all how 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 do you feel about and when how how is that going? Yeah, that was actually it was a conscious decision from us uh, from the beginning uh, to to make as much space. And now, you know, thinking of it, we, we probably don't, but like our ambition is to give as much space to, uh, the female pros as the male pros. Um, you, you do that awesomely. I would say you're thanks. like the, the most, um, uh, what's the word in English? Like the most sort of, you have an equilibrium in between talking about the men pros and, and the, and the women yeah. pro both in Sweden and, 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 um, also in the international scene as well, I would say. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're trying and, and we can see that from, from when we started until now. And I think maybe the few years before we even started, 
women's racing has really taken off in a, in a big way. Um, but looking at it from a Swedish perspective, like our, our female riders, the women pros in Sweden are so much better than the men. Uh, and there, there's more of them. And, and from a very practical perspective, there are more of them in our area uh, near Stockholm, mm. which, yeah, means, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's easier for us to, to grab them and have them on the show. Um, so I think that's, that's one of the reasons why we've, I mean, practicalities, uh, that's one of the reasons. And I think, uh, I mean, of course we'd like to have, um, all of the Swedish male pros on as well, but they are harder to sort of, uh, get hold of, uh, yeah. but, but definitely it's, it's been a, uh, a conscious decision for us to, uh, to have, to give space to, uh, to the women. Yeah, I, I I really like that part that you find that balance and that you don't prioritize just just the men scene. Uh, but I wanted to ask you about that. What's your point of view? What's your opinion about sort of why is the Swedish women so much more successful than the men right now? Ooh. And I mean, it's just completely incredible. And, and on top of that, we have the difference in between this extreme success of Norway and Denmark, right? And then Sweden, it's not that we are sort of physically different. <laughs> uh, it's just that, I mean, there are so many aspects of it. What's, what's your opinion and how do you see that? It's, but I, th I think it's like kind of a culture of, of winning or per participating. Like when the, the women see that, you know, oh, she can, she can go pro, then I can probably do it too. Like I can hang with her on, on racing and training. So that means that, you know, I can do it too. Um, and probably the same thing with, 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 with the guys. But I think also in also kind of practicality wise, there's been very little Swedish representation in sponsorship and in team management and in all these things that make it easier for S Swedish guys to get on teams. Like there's, there's no one that can bring in a friend or can recommend, you know, another rider that they used to race with. Mm. So that's, that's one thing from the, from the top down, so to speak. Yeah. From the bottom up, we are clearly lacking, uh, we're clearly lacking like enough infrastructure in Sweden to support someone rising to the pro ranks. There's no, there's basically no Swedish continental teams. Uh, there's definitely no pro Conti teams in Sweden. Mm. Um, which means that there's no real, uh, pathway for young Swedish riders to get visibility in, uh, in big races in Europe and taking those steps all the way up to, uh, to world tour racing. But where does that come from? Is it the, the lack of, of will? Is it the federation? Is it the local clubs? Where do you see, I mean, we don't need to point fingers in that in one special direction, but do you, what's, what's your take? I think it's it's a combination of, of a lot of things, but I think, I mean, the main thing is that cycling isn't considered a, uh, a mainstream or interesting sport to sport to to sponsors and so on. So, mm. um, yeah, there's so much. Like last year, there was this new legislation that made it harder to to arrange races on on open yeah, road. True. Um, <laughs> the national championships was almost cancelled because of a. Uh, formality and in, in terms of the applications or and whatever so they have to move it to a raceway um really like this the status of the sport is so low that it's hard to to get something going and yeah. i mean 
that responsibility lies on the federation. That is their mm. that is their job to to sort of um, make sure that the status of the sport is on a high enough level to make it interesting for different types of stakeholders. And like clearly, they're not doing a great job. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, got you. But <laughs> you you touched upon one thing, and it's sort of the the culture of cycling as well in society in general. And I mean, Denmark is pretty obvious. They they just they have a complete different. But in Norway, I wouldn't say it's it's not the same way. So it would be more similar to Sweden, but still they're successful. But yeah. here's here now I'm coming to my question. Yeah. Um, and I mean, and and culture is built upon many different aspects and 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 things, right? So one of them is how we are influencing or let's use that word influencing within quotes people to also start riding bicycles in different manners right and you are part of that mm. so do you see yourself as an influencer of some sorts and and do you do that then consciously towards maybe also building that community and and the the culture in sweden uh reluctantly yes uh, i think um i i think we do i mean we we do get we do get messages which is amazing like we get messages saying you know oh it's i don't i didn't i don't think we reach people who aren't interested like we reach people who are interested and maybe we can deepen their interest so mm. we do we do get messages and we've had a few of these like oh i used to ride mountain bikes a lot uh you guys made me buy my first road bike stuff like that cool um, and that is that is of course very cool um regarding like influencing and and stuff like that my having done this for for such a long time having and also being curious and being very sort of you know wanting to know more i've picked up a few things over the years and i do enjoy sharing that with uh, with our audience and yeah. kind of helping out and kind of teaching people new things or things that I, I take for granted that is really not something that you you would know starting out or stuff like that. So yeah, um, maybe more of a, I don't know, teacher than an influencer. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, I mean, many people have a negative con uh, connotation to, to influencer, right? And I, I have talked to many people on this show about it as well. And I that it's it's a fact people don't want to be sort of associated with an influencer because you when you say influencer you think about sort of yeah now I'm now I'm maybe saying this stupidly as well but girls doing like makeup commercials or whatever I mean those kind of things mm. uh, but I think we're all influencing in some sorts so it's not it's more the verb than maybe the the title that I'm yeah, yeah that I'm I mean everything, everything that gets more people on bikes is a great thing yeah I mean as, at least from our perspective, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, don't get me started on that debate. That's, uh, that's... Um, yeah, okay. So I'm taking it back a little bit more to, towards the podcast again. And we spoke about it earlier, uh, the, the separation in between sort of the regular episodes and the bonus episodes and that you went sort of <laughs> on this path to put it behind a, a paywall, basically. Mm. What's, uh, tell me, what's your... And I'm, I'm sorry to say that I'm... Still not a member of, of your community, being a patron. So I'll have to, I'll have to do better. It's, um, but how, where, where did that come from, and how do you, th how, what's sort of the thinking around that? I mean, it's it's kind of it's 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 sort of um, 
we threw it out there. We we started with the Patreon. So so Patreon is a platform basically you can go in and you you sign up and you put in your your credit card details and then it automatically uh, draws an, uh, an amount every time we release an episode. Um, so you support the podcast with a small amount every uh, for every episode. And we just threw that up without sort of adding any value. The only value we, we added was that, okay, now you're like officially a friend of the podcast. Um, we mentioned your name and, and that's it. And, you know, a few people signed up and we were like, wow, this is, this is amazing. People are signing up and, and sort of helping us out supporting the podcast. Um, and then we had um, our friend Matthias Reck, who is a coach in the um, uh, Lidl Trek team mm -hmm. um, for both the, the men and the women. And he's a, he's a fantastic guest to have. He's a super interesting speaker, always some interesting anecdotes and, of course, the latest uh, and greatest stuff about training. We had him on always really long episodes and you know we came up with the idea that maybe we should you know cut him off after about an hour and a half or whatever and 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 take the last 30 minutes exclusively for for the patrons to give them something for you know as a reward for them actually already supporting the the podcast mm -hmm. so we did that we mentioned that in a podcast we put it up behind a paywall um and the numbers just went through the roof Wow, cool. Uh, so, so you know, we had so many people signing up to get access to that. Yeah. Like in our minds, it was, you know, giving the people who had already supported us something. Mm -hmm. And so many new people signed up and we were like, okay, uh, might be onto something here. Um, and yeah, so we, we continue doing that. And um, yeah, it works nice. It works nicely. Um, we do the bonus episodes. They are maybe... So our regular episodes aren't super structured either, uh, but they have at least some type of structure to them. The bonus episodes are less formal, I would say. Uh, yeah. Even even more uh, conversation type, where we you know sort of um, reach out to the community or, or uh, yeah, maybe enhance the the I don't know lighter parts of uh, of podcasting. But you also, as I understood it, one of the reasons why you do it, and maybe you, you need to confirm this, but you kind of reinvest that money that you get somehow into also be able to provide more sort of content. And you're, yeah, you said mentioned, I think it was now last episode as well, something about going to, to France to see the Tour de France and so forth. Yeah. Um, is that I mean, kind of the, one of the reasons as well? Or? Yeah, we, we have set up, uh, I mean, the, the, the podcast is an aktiebolag, as we say in Sweden, like yep. an LLC, I would guess that it's in English. Uh, but we are the worst people to run a business uh, like ever. Uh, <laughs> nothing, well, <laughs> we, we, there's very little personal gain uh, in terms of financials uh, for mm. us. And basically all the money stays stays in the podcast. And like you say, reinvesting. So. We went to the to the start of the Tour de France in Denmark two years ago. We went to Bilbao together with uh, Magnus and Johan from uh, yeah. from Brabur, uh, this this summer, which is amazing, and that is paid for by basically the the money that we get from our patrons. Um, and in turn, we put out like one episode every day we were there, uh, back towards our our patrons. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, 
kind of reinvesting into the into the That's business. super cool. Speaking about going to the big races and, and talking to some of these, the, the, the bigger names of, of cycling, you just had one of them on your show. You had an interview with Lachlan Morton. How was that? Well, yeah. Yeah, that was really nice. And, and thanks to uh, our friends at Pock, uh, who helped set that up. Um, Lachlan and uh, his brother Gus, they were in Stockholm promoting their new uh, film about the Great Divide. And... Um, yeah, we were we were invited to the to the film, and then the day after we we got the opportunity to talk to uh, uh, Loki and and Gus, uh, which was super super interesting. They are like really chill guys, uh, super friendly, super easy to speak to. Uh, it was you know just like opening a opening the the, the can and letting them just run with it. Um, were you nervous? No, not really. Uh, like a, okay, a little bit starstruck maybe because you've seen so much of them, right? Yeah. Um, but honestly, like I've I've run into uh, Lachlan a couple of times at the the gravel races that I've I've done. Yep. Um, and then it's 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 kind of funny seeing him in that element because in that element everyone's like watching him and being you know very much mm -hmm. like he's a, he's a star in that uh, in that environment. Um, but it was, I mean, it was really chill. They had been for a mountain bike ride out in, in Hellas here in, in Stockholm. Uh, we had lunch with them out in, uh, out there, you know, just chatting with them during lunch, which meant that we sort of, you know, we'd already established, a uh, something with them before yeah. sitting down to do the, the interview, which was, uh, was nice. But how, how is it like walking around in the pits, uh, of, of tour the farm, for example, like, and how do you do that? Like just ask someone to ask them for an interview and put the mic in their face basically i mean you i try you know I, I think you tried to do it with the was it uh with the mark cavendish right as well i mean oh, yeah, how, yeah. how do you feel about that you need to be super brave doing it right yeah it is it is actually it's quite weird doing that in in that setting uh yeah. like i've done media camps before uh mm -hmm. And then you're sort of expected to, to do it. You have time slots and, you know, yeah. they, they come to you, they know what's expected from them and so on. But like at the tour, we, we sort of took a chance with, with, with Mark, Mark Cavendish. Sorry. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not Mark with him. Uh, <laughs> because we, we were at the, the, the hotel where Astana was, was staying, uh, by, by chance basically. And we saw him like walk onto the bus. And I was like, let's just wait outside until he comes out and try and grab him. And mm. yes, for sure, that is because you know that he's a little bit on the defensive towards media in, in general. And, you know, we're, we're two guys with, with a microphone and, you know, he doesn't know us. Um, but um, like you say, you know, again, like you have to get into character. Like this is not, this is not me, the, the person. This is me, the, the podcaster, uh, you know, and you, you basically just do it but yes it's it, it's quite daunting actually doing it the, the first time has there been any awkward moments any sort of sort of things that you could share any things that sort of went wrong or i mean in any kind of character that would be <laughs> no but i think that that was i think that the one with with cavendish from from the tour that was probably the 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 most awkward one mm -hmm. because like i kind of knew that he didn't want to do it but i did it anyway because i thought like the opportunity was there yeah. uh, and you know he cut it a little bit short or he cut it very short 
And I think we could have, because we were also speaking to, to his now sprint coach and friend, Mark Renshaw, his previous uh, uh, lead out man. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, I mean, we could have had a 10 minute interview with, with Renshaw uh, if we would have wanted to, because he was very friendly and, and stuff. But, you know, Mark came out and when Mark, when Cavendish cut it short, Renshaw also was like, oh, I need to, you know, he didn't want to be uh, nicer than Cav, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But you, you weave in, uh, of course, from your own experience as well, and you're building that experience even more now when you are sort of, I don't know what to call it, like semi-gravel semi pro kind of, or gravel pro with uh, with no borders. What's yeah. what's that like? And, and uh, gravel, gravel pro um, is, is kind of a joke, but but for sure, <laughs> I mean, we are, yeah, I'm part of the, the no borders gravel team. Uh, we are generously supported by... Oh, I had to be like BMC and yeah, of course and, uh, and Velocio uh, clothing, uh, which has been like a, a fantastic experience. Uh, they support us with with everything from, from you know everything you need to basically run a, a gravel season. Um, and I mean, I'm far from pro in terms of, of performance for sure, um, but just being able to you know be part of that the gravel racing scene that is now emerging and sort of taking shape and still kind of early uh, in the development of that has been yeah very cool so i've done that for, for two years did a few races around europe did both uh uci world championships both um yeah both times in italy um uh, 23 22 and 23. um uh, yeah it's it's a pretty cool experience so, but you're continuing this year as well, right? 24. Yes. Yep. Cool. And and so, what's what's your plan now for 24? I guess I mean I just saw now that the the World Championship is going to be in Belgium instead, so a very different course most likely. And I yeah. really want to go myself, even though that I might not be able to make it myself to qualify. I I really hope that I can make it just to be there in person. I would love to see that. Um, this year, let's see if I can make it. But what's what's your plan for 24? Um, uh, I really don't know, uh, to be honest, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, the, the only thing I actually know is that I'll be going to the Trakia in, in Girona early, early May. I'll do that. I've done that the two last years as well. Um, and then I kind of will take it from there. I will probably ride a few events here in, in Sweden because it's close by and there are some new events popping up, uh, yep. hopefully qualify for, for worlds this year as well. But apart from that, I'll try and take it um, as it as it comes the the season. Um, okay. Probably a little bit less travel. Uh, I just started because I do have a day job on this on the side of everything else, uh, and I just switched roles, uh, which means that I will yeah probably won't have as much time basically to uh, yeah. to travel and to race. Yeah. Uh, but for sure, starting out with Trakia, and we'll take it from there. Cool. So what, but sort of beyond this year, do you have any sort of still bucket list things to do on the bike or with the bike or and or with the podcast, to be honest as well? Oh, that's a really good question. I think I would like to do some more like I've done gravel racing and riding a lot over the last few years. But I mean, to be completely honest, my heart is still closest to road racing. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I think I think you know maybe want to do some some uh, some you know amateur stage racing in different parts of the world. Uh, would like to do some more like Italian Grand Fondos, which are uh, like nice. Maybe do like Etape du Tour, Etape du Tour, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is mostly what I'm sort of uh, wanting to to do. Um, otherwise, I'm I feel I'm pretty set. I think I've found a good level for my for my writing right now. Oh, that's fantastic! For the podcast, it would be amazing to be able to you know travel more and spend more time at the tour, for example, or follow yep. the, the Giro around, or going to the the Spring Classics would be would be amazing. But again, uh, traveling and combining everything, Niklas uh, has a has you know a, a bigger family than I do. I'm more flexible. Um, and you know, it's so much like you want to do your own writing, you want to follow the the pros, you want to. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah, I can imagine. So That's many pretty... things to do, so little time. Exactly. I I, I hear you. Yeah. I know. Yeah, <laughs> what? Well, so speaking about the tour, and there's more and more names announcing their schedules for this year, and I know that you guys talk about this a lot on the podcast as well, and and you you have a huge interest in this. So do I, but maybe not not as much as you guys, and I'm not as sort of into it, even though that I follow it as closely as I can. But what's what's your hot takes on the winners this year for the tours? I want to hear your sort of three winners now yeah no no hot i don't think i have any hot takes i mean it's it's uh it's it's i think it's, I mean, hey, let's, let's leave the hot takes then let's do just uh, predictions. It's, jonas, it's jonas or or tade uh basically and if if they mess it up you know garen thomas might have a have a shot both tade and and garen are doing the the giro tour giro, double yeah. which mm-hmm. is which is cool but yeah let's see how that works out um i don't yeah thomas hasn't done that before uh he's it's, i think he's tried once but he crashed out of both the tour and the gerald that year i think the same year ah never mind i think it's it's between jonas and and today and since today is doing the giro i would hold jonas as as the favorite um and then we'll see i mean remco is gonna be up there um yeah we'll see i that means some there might be some some new young guys uh showing their their skills but for now i think you know the the guys that we've seen over the last few years will still hold the top positions yeah yeah it's interesting i think i'm honestly super excited this year about the the tours because they they as you say the mix of now um just having jonas and and uh, roglish split it up in two different teams as well that's going to just make a different dynamic as well so i yeah, think sure yeah, yeah, I think, like you say, the the move uh, to to Bora for for Roglic, I think, is going to be beneficial to everyone, not least the fans. I think Bora has shown their, themselves uh, in terms of racing actively and really, really like putting their stamp on on racing. And I think now with the leader that has the potential to win Grand Tours, I mean, it's not going to be worse. It's going to be, uh, yeah. So it could be, it really could be, best case scenario like fireworks, all the teams going at it to get against each other and so on. Worst case is that, you know, everyone looks at everyone else and thinks thinks that everyone else is super strong and it's going to be kind of locked in and locked down. Um, but uh, let's hope for fireworks. Yeah, me too. Um, so speaking about 
um, content, but also the podcast. What what really motivates you? What keeps you going? I mean, you've been going now since 2017, and that's now seven years. Uh, what's how how do you how are you able to continue? Like, I have no idea. Honestly, I have no idea. Uh, the the deadline is there. Like, we need to release an episode every Tuesday. Um, but still, I mean, we we still follow cycling as intensively or intensely as we we always have super, I mean, something is always happening which is you know it's it's of course we're we're as surprised as everyone else that you can actually sit down and talk about cycling for well a good hour at least uh every two weeks and there's always something to talk about um i think now it's i mean of course some 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 weeks are tougher than others to to actually you know pull yourself together and, and do it. Uh, but most of the time it's sort of just, it just happens. Cause it's, and we've, I think we've mentioned it on the podcast, like you can, cause we record on Sunday evenings and like, you can go around on, on the Sunday and have a little bit of maybe not anxiety, but you know, Oh, Oh, we have to do the podcast this evening. Oh, oh like, like that. And then as soon as like Niklas shows up, you know, it's the mood is, is, switched we're on we sort of uh yeah uh we fire each other up i guess and the the dynamic comes into play and you know we sit down and we look through what's happened over the last two weeks and it's just yeah it's on it's always it's always fun like when we hit record we always have fun that's amazing so it's something to look forward to also yeah yeah i uh, that's that sounds great so my last Question, Daniel. We I usually ask this to to everyone that comes. Um, if they can share any tips and tricks for other aspiring, uh, now in your case, like podcasters. My 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 sister is just about to start one, so I'm going to oh, wow. meet her on Monday. And uh, so, what 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 advice can can you tell me that I can bring to her, or that she can listen to this and maybe listen to you? Uh, my uh, <laughs> uh, maybe you've heard this somewhere else. But uh, like, just do it, uh, which is, I mean, yeah, it's super cliche, but you know, anything is better than nothing. And just like, don't be so, don't be, don't, yeah, don't make it too, too hard for yourself and don't be too hard on yourself. Like just, just put something out there and see if it works. Like the first episodes we recorded with one handheld very simple recorder that we sort of both leaned into after a while we realized that you know we had it was two it's one mic but it's two channels right so niklas was on the on the right side and i was on the left side and i didn't even know how to mix them into the same track which meant that it was really like one was on this side and one was on. um and then over time you learn like you learn and you refine and you uh yeah so i mean just start by putting something out there see where it takes you and you know if it doesn't work start over do something else yeah yeah that's great advice thank <laughs> you thank you very much daniel for taking your time and sharing all this uh, your insights your learnings and and uh, your your experience with us um i really yeah, appreciate I appreciate, it. Uh, appreciate the invitation always nice to to uh speak to someone with similar interest and passion <laughs> I appreciate that. Yes. Thank you very much. Have a nice weekend. And I really hope that you get a nice couple of miles, as we say in Swedish. Uh, uh, yeah. So, done. Uh, you, uh, metric miles. 
metric miles. Yeah. <laughs> and the same to you. Thank you very much. Right. See you. See you. Colt. What a guy. He has so much passion, so much energy, and a lot of bikes. <laughs> so the passion really shines through. I wish all the best to Niklas and to Daniel and their, their podcast. I hope they continue for another seven years or so, at least. Uh, love to listen to their content. I know it's in Swedish, as, as he spoke about. But if you're Swedish and if you enjoy my, my content, you will definitely enjoy their content. They are great and even better than me. So, yeah, enjoy. But now, this is what the show was all about today. Next week, I'll bring you someone else really interesting to listen to. So don't miss a beat and see you in a week. Take care. Until then, bye-bye. <laughs>